This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. Dot. I assume Tom. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with not only the writer and director of Love and Dangerous Times, but the two leads, Ian Stout, Tiffany Groban, and John Garcia. How are you all today? Doing well. Great. Thanks. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, it's, it's fun talking to you guys. The movie is definitely realistic in what's going on in the world, especially back in March and April, um, You know, where everybody was either chicken little, the sky is falling, or completely going the route of Tigger from Winnie the Pooh and having no bothers whatsoever with no reasonable concern. Um, I, I've always hoped for a healthy middle, and God willing, we finally got there in October. But uh, the movie comes out on Tuesday, November 3rd on VOD, and I assume a DVD release will be shortly thereafter. I hope so. I hope so. I think, so. I think that's the plan. All right. Uh, John, tell us about the writing process for this film. Obviously, you know, the pandemic hit, the world fell apart for a little while. Hopefully things are picking up depending on which news source you actually trust or distrust. Uh, some people say the economy has a, had a 31% bounce back. Some people say it's still in the toilet. So, you know, we'll, hmm. we'll figure that out later on, uh, after the release date, but your release date is election day of all days. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. That, that's the, go ahead. Was that the plan or was that the distributor's idea? That was this, that was the distribution company's idea. And, and I, I trust Mike. Mike's been doing this for a long time. So I think he has, I think he has a plan for this of some kind. So I, I trust in him about that. Right. Um, regarding, regarding that, like, like the, the writing process, uh, you know, I, I obviously I was feeling the kind of the pandemic blues and I wanted to, I wanted to kind of dive into a project to kind of forget about it. And, and, uh, so I, I called Ian and one night and told him I had this idea and then we started writing shortly after that and I think I wrote the first two passes and then, and then after that, uh, I was kind of back and forth and then, you know, the thing was like I asked him to, uh, to be the lead in it and, and, uh, cause we'd had acting classes together and I knew he, he, he was good and so, uh, yeah, we, we found Tiffany shortly after and then, I mean, a lot of it was, was people we worked with before. And, uh, friends we trusted and people like we kept an ongoing conversation with, um, uh, to, you know, being open about, you know, for quarantining or not. And, and of course we all, we all were, but the writing process, uh, it would change kind of a real time as we learn more about the virus, you know, and as we learn more, as the world and us learn more about, uh, you know, how to, you know, how to live with it, you know, putting on the masks and wiping down, you know, groceries or whatever, you know, like, uh, it was kind of an evolving process. And of course there was, there was some, um, there was some improvisation definitely because, uh, neither Tiffany or Ian had a lot of time to memorize. So I think that was pretty, that was pretty important. <laughs> it, it was, it all moved pretty fast. It was about a, about a month of writing. And then I think we were, I think we like wrote and rewrote the ending once or twice, you know, as we were, um, getting to the end of shooting and, uh, and we filmed chronologically. So that was, that was easy to keep track. Oh wow! This is one of the first films I've heard of that actually films in chronological order. It was it was easier. We, we our my, my last one we did that one of my last ones we did that same thing it was kind of a small lo-fi thing. There's not there's not a lot of people to keep track. There's not a script supervisor to keep track of things. You know continuity. So it's just I felt like it was easier. Uh, we all felt like it was easier just to go chronologically. Um, mm-hmm. Ian shaking his head yes. Tiffany shaking her head no. I'm kidding. I know you're not Tiffany. 
<laughs> Tiffany's just sitting there waiting for her turn. <laughs> but Tiffany, you play you play the character of Sorrel, um, you know, who's a middle school uh, ELL teacher, English uh, language learning teacher, or English, or English as a second language. I learned that when I was getting my teaching credential that you can't call it ESL because it's offensive to the kids that already speak more than one language. And I thought we went a little too far with that, but a little correct statement uh, in the teaching credential program. But uh, your character early on is not receptive to romance, not receptive to love. She just wants to talk to somebody in a weird connection without a connection, if that makes any sort of sense. I, th- I think that makes sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just looking for a connection. I'm looking for, you know, somebody to to talk to. And, you know, um, during quarantine and, and, yeah, and to have a strong connection with people. That's a hard thing to do during the pandemic in real life, too, uh, having strong connections. I also... Uh, live alone. And so it's definitely a difficult thing to, to get strong connections with people. A lot of my friends are not seeing anyone else. So like, you know, they've got their partners that they're with. And so then they're not, you know, they're not reaching out. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, we talked over zoom or over the phone, but there's not a whole lot of social interaction. Um, And I think that that's, you know, something that obviously the characters were coming up on as well. Yeah, I kind of refer to this as either it's the the baby making pandemic or the uh, relationship ending pandemic. It's going to be one or the other for uh, for quite a few people in, the, in this. Regard. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because I'm I'm watching the movie and like I'm seeing Ian's characters uh, struggle through wanting to connect but still not having the relationship with his family that a lot of people seem to have lost the those connections these days. And, uh, I'm, I'm very close with my family, but I'm also an introvert. So like people are like, Oh, you didn't talk to anybody for three months or you didn't see anybody for three months outside of zoom conferences for work. Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like what's wrong? You know, mm-hmm. something happens. Yeah. So it, it's very strange for introverts versus extroverts in this regard. But yeah. Ian, your character, Jason is sort of introverted yet longing for a romantic connection. Um, you know, how difficult is that playing it in a one bedroom studio was a one bedroom apartment or studio apartment as the set. And then it was a studio. Thank you. And then still trying to have these connections while, you know, putting together a, a play on top of it. Yeah. Um, definitely needing to reach out and connect was important. I think, uh, Jason, my character started to realize how, insecure he really was when his you know network was removed um we open this open the movie with a scene with his best friend and um and we're we're unable to to touch because we're starting to figure out you know what are the new boundaries we'll do the fist bump you know we'll do the air hug goodbye um and and it's just kind of as the movie progresses i think the heaviness and the loneliness and the and the the internal struggle uh, hits hits him harder and harder, and so you know, reaching out is is the obvious next step. Um, but uh, I think I, I kind of like how the writing of his character is also mirrored in his real 
life relationship where he's just trying to like, you know, figure it all out and, and figure out where love fits into the creative process. Right. Uh, one thing that was interesting in, in the story is that as Jason is looking for his friends and for external sources to, to seek those loving and co- connective relationships, he has his father, although they don't see eye to eye on a worldview, his father seems to be the only one reaching out to him in a loving manner and yet still kind of rejects his dad throughout the whole process. Yeah, I, father, son relationships are, are, you know, a mixed bag. Um, I, I, I think any, anyone who is your immediate family, you know, brother, sister, father, ma- mother, father, there is, uh, it's, it's never going to be one thing, you know, they're, they're your best friend in the whole world and they're also the person that can push all your buttons. And so the fact that, you know, my dad is both of those things, um, it felt correct. Um, I, I think for some, uh, oh, sorry, no, please. I was just, I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, uh, for for some, you know, for some, for some of us, like, it's hard for us not to to be friends with our parents. It always seems like the looming the looming factor is that they are our parents. We are their children, and I think that's sort of like, kind of like the relationship I I at least had with my dad, where there was any attempt to try to, you know. Uh, kind of cross that threshold of and from uh, father sons into kind of we're friends was always there was always resistance on either side I think so I think that's kind of what that was between them. Do you think mm-hmm. so, uh, the way society is going now and that people are going to start realizing that the ones that are reaching out to us and the ones that are the ones that we don't have to chase are truly the people that should be in our lives rather than the the people that we've always chased to want to be in our lives. Uh, I, first of all, I, I like the questions you're asking. They're more about the psychological and like, you know, aspects of the film. We haven't been asked those things yet. So, so thanks for that. Um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, I think we talked about that and I think some, I think, uh, one of the gripes that, um, Jason had early on in this, in the script was like, you know, I feel like, you know, no one's, no one's reached out to me, you know? And then, uh, you know, um, Ishmael says, well, I mean, people are, they're speaking, people have a lot to, a lot going on right now. I forget the exact verbiage right now, but, but it's like, you know, the, the survival instincts kicked in and people are, are taking care of their own, of their own stuff, you know, basically. And I remember having a feeling like that, like, where are the phone calls? What's up? You know, and then, yeah. uh, and then slowly people have reached out to me from my past is, Hey, how are you doing? I haven't heard from you, you know, and I do think that those people that have reached out, um, are, the people that think about, think about us, you know, and, and we're on their mind and the people I've reached out to. And, but I've also reached out to people that I, I haven't spoken to in years, you know, uh, during, during the pandemic. And, and likewise, and I've had some friendships rekindled, uh, you know, um, because of it. So there's something to be said for that too, about just kind of about that. But I, but I also, I don't know, I think it would be wrong for me to just say that just because I haven't heard from somebody that means they don't care about me, you know? Right. I, I, I understand just like in the film that we're all, we all have stuff that we're, that we're thinking about that we're busy taking care of. And I don't know. So anyway, that's, that's how I feel about that. No, it makes sense because you know, there is the psychological aspect. I mean, we could sit here and talk the same, the same five questions. So tell me about the shooting schedule. You know, what was it like making the movie in under 30 days? Uh, you know, how difficult was the budgeting and, and so on and so forth. But you're going to get those questions all the time. So I, I want to have a real conversation. And, you know, I love that Tiffany has natural light behind her in this point. And <laughs> yeah, 
Tiffany is like the one that, that's the most made up. I haven't shaved in like two days. Everybody else looks better than me, so I'm glad we're only doing the audio for this one. <laughs> yeah. But Tiffany, you, li- you live alone, so like part of your character in this is also reflects on some of your real life uh, aspects. Yeah. In, in being by yourself and, and going through this, and then you know I don't know, having food delivered. I don't know if you're using Instacart or Amazon, you know, grocery checkout or whatever it's called at this point. You know, yeah. how does how does that affect you? Um, not only being a character that lives alone, but a person who lived alone, and now as I don't want to say it's closing down, but I think more people are willing to to risk it to go out. Uh, how has that affected you personally? Oh man, um, it's been it's been an interesting experience. I've definitely gone through seasons during this time. Um, I. I actually, weirdly enough, right before the pandemic, I was going through a lot of like self discovery and self healing. And so I was kind of a hermit for a few months. And then like, right when the pandemic happened, I was like, ready to go out. I was like, getting on the dating apps. I was like, ready to hang out with my friends. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. I was like, no, this is awful. Like, this is, this is terrible, terrifying. And also, you know, um, and so I went through a season where I was definitely holed up alone. And then, you know, this opportunity came up to work on this project. And it was really, really beautiful and wonderful way to uh, connect and work on some art, as well as, you know, continue to be safe and socially distanced. Um, I definitely have done mostly the the Amazon route of getting groceries um, when possible. At the very beginning of the pandemic, it wasn't. So I was having to, you know, go out to the grocery stores and stuff. Um, and then in the summer, I ended up um, dating someone and going through like having like a small close knit group of people that I was spending time with outdoors and that we were doing a lot of really cool stuff. Um, and now I'm back in the season of being kind of hermited up again um, and so, so yeah, I mean, it's really been a lot of seasons and I'm just really thankful that I have been able to stay healthy and that the people close to me have been able to stay healthy during this time. Wow. Uh, John, the way you set up the film is that the majority of the cast is by themselves acting against a screen for the most, for the most part, whether it's the, you know, the laptop or the phone or whatever else, which is kind of, kind of what we've really become as a society, um, how difficult was it to get Tiffany and Ian to invoke those emotions that you want acting against the camera? Um, did you actually have somebody on the other end of a video call for them to, to interact with that? Or was that later edited in? Cause you said you filmed this linear, which is quite phenomenal, but you know, sometimes you have to have those little added cues to make it a little more realistic. Right. Um, so I thought that was actually one of the fun aspects of the film. I, I never, I didn't really see it as, as an obstacle, even though it was obviously an obstacle, but like, it was kind of cool to like kind of film a, film a movie like this in this, in this new way. And it was also one of the, like the, you know, catalysts for me, like wanting to, okay, is this something I can do right now? Get my mind off things, you know, to combat the blues. This is also something like technically I haven't done before. And so we really, we really embraced that. And so it was all, uh, Everything I think you see, there's a virtual scene happening. That's all in real time. I think that was all happening, um, where, uh, uh, Tiffany would, um, have a, uh, a recorder, 
um, that Ian gave to her because Ian does uh, professional sound for film as well. So he, uh, we used his, his system for, uh, you know, for, um, for our audio in the room there with Ian. And then we also gave a recorder to, to Tiffany so she could record her audio on her end. And then we would screen capture, um, everything. And so, um, uh, that was just a, and I, it was nice to have a backup. It was like, like we had, you know, not only the, uh, you know, a shot of, uh, of the computer screen itself, you know, with maybe, um, uh, Ian Dirty in frame, right or left, but we'd also would have an actual, like, you know, um, screen capture, a video to, to cut to if, if need be. So it was, there was also some advantages, you know, uh, to doing it as well. Uh, I guess what, I'm just used to being in, in, in the room with, with actors. That's kind of like the, that's kind of the, the fun part, especially a dynamic between two people. Most scenes are two people, you know? So that's one thing I missed, you know, I'm also like a pretty affectionate guy and I'm also like to just kind of like just have that energy and trade it back and forth. And I didn't have that, but, um, but I got it anyway, it, it, you know, I would still have it in some ways just by there, there was, we felt a bit of growing like, uh, 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 camaraderie as, as the, as the film progressed and we could, you know, joke around before joke around afterwards, joke around during, you know, so it was, it ended up, ended up just being the way that we did things. And it was, uh, and it was, it was fun. It was just a lot of fun. So, so that when we actually were on set with together, all of us, uh, it was, it, 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 you know, it was a memorable, it was a memorable time. And we couldn't, uh, I think Tiffany even said like, I can't believe it's all over. Yeah. Just one, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, you could you could really feel Jason's longing for a connection uh, through through Ian's performance in this, and then Tiffany's apprehension, uh, you know, as, as Sorel of like, I kind of like this guy, but I don't know how far I want to take it because I don't think I'm ever going to see him in person. Yeah, um, did that make it a little more fun playing off the technology because? it gave the true feeling of longing and separation or was it, you know, something that it's just, you're an actor and you're performing so you can uh, you bring life to these characters in that regard. Is that for Tiffany? It's for both. Yeah. You Ian, do you want to take that one and then I can. Yeah, okay. sure. Um, <laughs> I think as far as connection goes, um, you know, obviously the screen gives you a, a barrier already in, in some ways. Um, you know, especially for, for the woman, it, it, it's almost safer, you know, on a first date. If the guy's a total loser, you can just hang up on him. You don't have to like, you know, quick hail an Uber and make a run for it. So <laughs> yeah, it's a good screening process. Perhaps. I've never done that. <laughs> never done that. Okay. Good. Uh, hopefully you have a better screening process. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think. Down to the connection. Um, you just, it's, it, I think it's always about finding the truth of the relationship in the scene in the moment and then playing off that. And if, if both characters are, are doing that, then your reactions can be real. And Tiffany was just exceptional to act across. Um, um, they call it pinch and ouch. You know, she would pinch me. I would have an ouch moment. I would, you know, have my reaction, which would pinch her and, and back and forth. And, um, you know, Filming live, even through the video recording and having her on the other side of the screen, um, I think was very helpful, uh, to have that pinch and ouch effect. Um, you know, 
the greatest actors can totally act uh, across from a, a, a green X tape on the wall and give a good performance. But uh, it sure is more fun and, and a little bit easier when you have have a, an exceptional actor to, to play across. Gotcha. You're up, Tiffany. That's so nice. Oh, <laughs> I totally agree with Ian. I think I think it was great. It's great to be able to, you know, act in real time across from him. Um, and it and it was interesting the obstacle of of doing it um, over a screen. But I think that I mean because that's the way that the characters were experiencing it. I think it just added to to the obstacles that they were facing and uh and really it added to to the energy of of what was going on um and i yeah i just i really felt like it was a such a powerful experience and unlike any other kind of acting experience i'd ever had before um i have such a great deal of love towards the three of these men ian john and steve uh like just so much love for them just working on this project um, during this time and, uh, you know, my relationships them with them were mainly formed through this project and through, you know, on, on a screen or on the phone. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's really beautiful. And I think that that kind of is part of, of what we're telling with this story. Um, just there's so many ways in which the internet, you know, that, that screens can really be a negative thing, but there's so many ways in which it can bring us together. And I, I really felt that working on this project um, a lot and, and it was just, it was really great. And that was something as an actor who mainly does theater. Um, that's a, that's a thing that I had been concerned about and, you know, still have some concern about is, is, you know, how are we going to change the, the theater art form during this time and also the film art form, you know? Um, so yeah. <laughs> it, I, I th- personally, I don't think uh, the big megaplex 21 movie house is going to stick around uh, after all of this. And if it does, it's not going to come back for a long time. That's just my personal uh, uh, view on that. Um, theater is definitely going to be interesting. I think it's going to be like, uh, the old Barishnikov nutcracker where they'll film it from different angles on a, on a stage with the sets and then everybody watches it at home, at least for the next year, year and a half. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's, a, that's a sad thought. I, I really, that's one of my favorite things to do is just, uh, go off and go to a movie by myself and not worry about what somebody else wants to see. Just go mm. and go see a flick. So I'm going to, I'm going to miss that. Definitely. But yeah. Well, I loved just, it. You know, go ahead, Tiffany. I, and I love the interaction, um, when you see a movie, like for example, um, this is like the best example I can come up with is when I saw A Quiet Place on opening day and everyone <laughs> in the theater was just so silent and anytime anyone made any kind of noise, like the person next to them would like shush them or like look at them in fear. And it was That's like, so you know, so like that experience of, of going and seeing a movie or like I saw Harold and Maude at a, at a, like a second run movie theater on Valentine's day one year. And it was just, you know, like the, the audience interaction, that's something that I greatly miss right now. It's so funny. I'm sorry. I, I snuck a bag of Doritos into see the, the, the quiet place. And so uh-huh. it was just like, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I popped it open, you know, how you, you know, and, and then, 
in every crunch, you know, everybody around me can hear, you know. <laughs> John turned into the old lady with the candy wrappers. <laughs> I, I absolutely love how everyone's got a quiet place story. I, I showed up and I was like, do I get popcorn or and, and show up two minutes late or do I get in there? I'm like, no, no, it's cool. I'm two minutes late. And no. like, popcorn bucket in hand, you know, the crinkly's yeah. in the other hand and the door opening and closing has never been so loud. And every step, uh, like the, uh, the floorboards are creaking and it's silent in there. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm that guy. <laughs> every head is turning like, shut up, dude. <laughs> uh, what a memory. The closest thing I have to that, cause you know, we, we saw it for a press screening. So it's a bit of a different experience, but was the conjuring. And we had one of those black light cameras to get the crowd reaction to see who's who's freaking oh, out with it. That's cool. Yeah. So every time I saw the red dot come my way, I'd flip off the camera so I wouldn't be the giant scared man in the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That is pretty good. So that is good. Um, yeah. This is this is a two two parter. Uh, it's a bit of a spoiler. But, uh, first, the first half is for John for writing the scene. And then the second half is for Ian and Tiffany in acting out the scene. And this is the, uh, dirty talk in person, yet six feet apart moment. Uh, John, when you wrote the scene, was this something that you were just riffing and thought it was funny and then decided, Hey, this should be in the movie. Or was this plotted along in the script as it came about? And then for Ian and Tiffany, um, Going through the scene itself, how many takes did you have to go through by keeping a straight face to make it serious yet humorous? Yeah, so so when I was writing uh, that that scene initially, I mean, I I mean, I, I kept it, you know, in the back of my mind, like, you know, I I think this is where the story kind of this is where they meet, this is what happens, and then and and finally I got to you know, writing it, and I was kind of just writing honestly what like felt like, um, you know, I'm just kind of writing a. Like a, like a, like a dirty fantasy of some kind, you know, I'm just kind of like putting, you know, sexual energy on the page, essentially, you know, and, um, and like the, and like the fact that it being a little humorous or, or funny was kind of an after, an afterthought. I just kind of, I just wanted to kind of see what, what we were able to create on the day. Um, but, um, but I guess like just the way that they, they came into the room together and just, just like the whole, the whole feel of it was awkward. And so I knew that, 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 that there would be some room for some levity in, in, in the scene. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I wrote the first pass of it and then, and Ian and I traded off and added some things about it, but, um, I'll let them talk about, um, their experience in doing it. Tiffany, you wanna you wanna take this lead, or would you would you want a few go extra ahead, seconds? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. I think it was a uh, three or four takes total, so we were we were able to move through it um and not be totally uncomfortable for an entire day. But um, <laughs> it, it's it's funny because it's like uncomfortable and it's also kind of fun too because. How anytime you, as an actor you get to do something that you've either a never seen before or b never done before, that's exciting. Uh, and, and of course, uh, anytime that the awkwardness is elevated, um, that adds to the the energetic feeling of it too. So it's it's a lot easier to perform, you know, air quotes, uh, if if the real butterflies are hitting you. So um, 
yeah, the uh, John was nice enough to set up two cameras um, crisscrossing the room so we could have real-time performances, and uh, that cuts the amount of takes at least in half, if not more. Um, and then uh, we bumped out for a wide, so that probably put us at five or six takes, uh, if my memory serves correct. But um, yeah, that's all the technical stuff. Obviously, I'm avoiding <laughs> the uh, the sexy talk. Um, I, I think the most so I'd always imagined it two people talking dirty to each other and closing their eyes and imagining what they're doing to each other and letting that be the sexual fun. And then John had a brilliant piece of direction that I think both Tiffany and I stopped our breaths for a second. She's like, John says, what, what if we just did this with our eyes open, actually looking into each other's eyes? And I was just like, Oh, (laughs) that's the correct move. That's more intimate. That's scarier. That's a good choice. Damn it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and we did. And um, I, I think I just want to leave it there. The uh, the evidence is on screen, and you'll all be seeing it soon. So good luck. Have fun. Tiff. <laughs> that was good. Um, yeah, I thought we – I mean, we did run lines a bit um, before we, before we um, did shoot. And so that was helpful to just kind of make sure that everything, you know, was in our bodies. And, and so then we could kind of explore – um, some improv if, you know, when we wanted and, and different things like that. Um, so that was great. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think Ian kind of said everything that I was going to say. I definitely thought that John's, uh, John's direction to have it with the eyes open was like, oh my gosh, like I, that was not the way that I had like rehearsed. That was not the way that I had like pictured it, but that's totally the right choice, like, let's explore that. And, um, and yeah, so it was really interesting. Um, that was also the first day that I was on set with the three of them. So that was, there was like an added intimacy that, um, that I had not fully experienced before. Um, and, uh, I do want to say that there was like, there's so much, I, I don't know how to explain it properly other than that there was so much man love on set that day. Like they're just like the three of them have so much love for each other. And it was so great to see that. It was so great to see um, men being comfortable with just like, like loving each other in a, you know, in like a non-sexual way or anything. And so like already it was like going on to set. I was pretty comfortable because I, I knew all of them at this point and was and, um, but then just like that added, that added to, to the comfortability of, of getting to shoot this scene, um, with, you know, with the three of them in the room and uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I got a little off topic just then, but. Yeah. No, it, it, it's interesting. I don't know how we're going to top the, this moment. So I'm going to have to leave everybody with this, uh, on November, on Tuesday, November 3rd, Love and, uh, Love and Dangerous Times comes to VOD. Unfortunately, we're not going to get a, a huge crowd reaction, but there's definitely going to be people texting each other going, did you see what's going on here? Uh, before I let everybody go, where can we find you on social media if we want to connect? Uh, I'm at John Garcia, uh, PD, PDX, uh, sorry, at John Garcia PDX. It's no H in John. Uh, for me, it's at Ian underscore D underscore Stout. Uh, that's Instagram. And then if you just uh, search Ian Stout on Facebook, I'm usually the first one to pop up. Yeah, and for me, it's at Tiffany Groben, and my last name is spelled G-R-O-B-E-N. 
Uh, that's for Instagram. And then you can just search me on Facebook. Perfect. Uh, Tiffany Grobin, John Garcia, Ian Stout. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Love and Dangerous Times available on VOD through all the usual suspects, uh, various platforms, Amazon, uh, iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, check it out. It's real. It's raw. It's, uh, dare I say, a, a dark comedy, but it's still fun all the way through. Thank you so much for your time for everything today. Thank you, too, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us.